0: I wanted to thank each and every one of you for filling out our spiritual growth survey last year and i've got some a little presentation about that for us today because i think it's good for us to just take kind of like stock of where we're at and see what that reveals about our next steps don't you agree um if you don't know where you're at and what you've kind of managed to gather or gain uh, then you don't really know exactly what steps next to take. And so I'm going to give you a bit of an overview of our church here. And, and so you can clearly see. If, if you're here for the first time and this is new to you, don't worry. We do things kind of like different. You know, like that one guy said, get, get used to different. Um, <clears throat> but I want to focus on, first of all, just the value that we have in this church of spiritual growth. There is a high expectation on us to grow spiritually everything the bible is about is about transforming you and i to become more and more like jesus that song said god declares us holy declares us righteous declares us chosen declares us as his and as such he gets to lead us to where he wants us to go And uh, we place a high premium on spiritual growth here. We understand that everybody is on a journey of growth, and that is perfectly valid and good. Everybody is where they're at because of various things that have happened and decisions, and you're here now, but what's not okay is to stay here. God accepts us from wherever we are coming from, no matter what has happened. But it'll be sad if after a year of spending time with His people, that we're just at ex- ex- exactly the same place as we was befo- as we were before. And so I want to encourage you this year to make spiritual growth a priority. So I want to just quickly run through some of our big wins of 2022 and then step into the results of the survey. And I'm going to kind of just talk about our church and what we're going to do this year and how we want you to interact with what we have on offer here as a lifestyle at our Savior's Church to help you grow spiritually. First off, last year we did see consistent membership growth. Our church is growing uh, in numbers and uh, sometimes it doesn't always look, is it, is it readable? Yeah. It doesn't always look like that in, 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 in the general attendance, especially if you're not here every single Sunday to see the ebb and the flow of a whole year's worth of attendance. <clears throat> but as a membership and as an involvement, we're in a very healthy place, very healthy growing place. Our life groups overall are in the best place they've ever been. Um, We see our life groups as the spiritual growth engine of our church. If you're not in a life group there and this is your only interaction with the church, you're going to see a lot of what we want to do and you're going to participate in this But let me tell you something, that there is another level of spiritual growth that kickstarts the minute you start sharing your life with other people. And I just wanna say to every one of you who are in life groups, continue that journey, continue with your group. Um, You know, a year and a half ago, we made a pivotal shift away from doing a life group model that I believe does not create the type of relationships that allow for discipleship to fully occur. And so we used to have life groups that start and they're three months long and then they stop. And essentially they were uh, focused on the learning. They were focused on the material and the content. And people saw incredible change in their lives but what used to happen after three months, that, that group would stop existing. And then after another short while, everybody will restart life groups and then a whole bunch of new people would sit in front of you in your life group that you have to relearn again. And how many of you know that finding an environment where you can trust people sometimes takes longer than three months? It takes longer than three months to sit and to just know that look, when I start sharing my heart with people, they're not going to take that information and run it through town. And some issues that we go through, I don't know about you, but some things that I go through, you know what, they're deep things. And I don't want to just you know, air those things in front of people that I am not very sure have one agenda, and that is to help me grow spiritually closer to God, to overcome what I'm struggling with, and to see me thrive with Jesus. And so our life groups operate in a way that we do launch new life groups and we do encourage new people to start new life groups because we always want to create more space and more opportunities for other people to find a possibility in their schedules practically, but also just new relationships that people might feel more comfortable with to have an opportunity to connect in these life groups. And so... um, Please keep doing those Life Groups. The Life Groups that we're currently running are bringing such health and, and, and growth to our church. And I wanna thank every one of you Life Group leaders and co-leaders who have been laboring behind the scenes, praying for people, inviting people, preparing material to, to be discussing uh, uh, you know, at your groups, etc. Last year we also baptized 12 people. We kickstarted our regular community outreach through partnering with a monthly church-led food drive in West Crowley. Some of y'all said, West Crowley, who goes there? Well, OSC goes there. And we help people as much as we can through providing incredible food stock for the months. And anyone here is also invited. If you need to come by the, uh, by the food drive and receive a, uh, um, uh, what do you call that, a, uh, a ration of food for your month. Everybody is invited to come and participate, but also invited to come and help serve. How awesome isn't it that we can serve and receive at the same place? So this year, keep your eyes peeled, uh, uh, ears peeled because there's going to be more opportunities to come and serve at this, um, at this outreach that we do. I wanted to do a regular outreach. I know that our Savior's Church is really known for our crisis response. And we do rally when there's a crisis. Come on now. Uh, We rally when there's a crisis. We go help. But you know what? (coughs) Going to the gym uh, once or twice a year does not make you fit and healthy. (laughs) So how's that for a little (coughs) kick in the behind? (coughs) So really building the muscles of being a generous people, we need something that's more regular than just when a hurricane comes around. And so I want to encourage you to start rebuilding your mindset around regular community building, regular community involvement. And when this outreach goes really well and it's strong and it's effective and it's running smoothly and we have enough people to make sure that it's sustainable and, uh, you know, one person don't have to do all the work all the time, we'll look for more opportunities that we can start building our community and the communities around us. We're going to have many, many involvements that are regular, that are life-giving to our community from this church, and that way we will reach people, build their lives from the ground up. But We started that one, and I believe it's going to be a— it's 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 going to be more of a blessing to our church and as we get more involved in that than it is almost for the people that we are serving. But it's, it's both. It's a both and. We launched the university campus ministry. OSC campus is a real thing. I know we are a OSC campus, but OSC College, we've been struggling with the name. There's another group, our Savior's Church group close by, and they have their ministry school training arm called OSC College. So if we put OSC College on a campus ministry, it's gonna create confusion. So we're gonna be OSC campus, and it's gonna be our university campus ministry. We started off um, with outreaches to the students that have joined the John Melvin University uh, here in town. And let me tell you, it has already seen incredible impact in those young people's lives. We started an evening service for our young adults and our students at that campus. And it's going to continue this year. Uh, And uh, we're already seeing how it's impacting the students that are new to our city, but also in many ways new to a church that is passionate about reaching the next generation. We did over 20 high school and university speaking engagements just in the last half of last year. That means between me and our youth ministry staff and our leaders, we are going out you we're not waiting for people to come to us we are going out to the schools we're going out to the sports teams we're spending time in their seventh hour with some of these sports teams we're spending time at the university campus facility connecting with students having gospel conversations and we want to see way more of those things official because these were just like official ones and just you know ad hoc as we just keep on going and building relationships with young people of our city to keep on happening and our heart is to see young people transformed with the gospel and love of Jesus so that they will become uh, uh, kingdom citizens of this country that work more and harder for the kingdom dream than for any other dream in their lives and we're only going to be able to do that if we're enabled to go out to these high schools to go out to these young people and share our lives with them out there and so we need your help in more ways than you might know to be able to do that effectively we have only just started investing in our next generation ministry And let me tell you this it is probably one of the most biggest and most important ministries that we need to grow capacity for to be able to uh, reach more students this year i almost thought gabe wanted to come and you know take over and preach but <laughs> he's saying amen nonetheless <coughs> And then last year, we had the best financial year in the history of our church. And that is just glory to God. And by the grace of God, our church is doing uh, okay when it comes to our finances. And we're growing and and we're just trusting God for that. I'll I'll share a little bit more about that at, at the end. The spiritual journey that we want you to go on with us is to know God, to live free, and to make disciples. First off, it's important that every one of us have a personal relationship with Jesus. My relationship with Jesus don't count for you. You can't be proud of me and go, oh, my pastor is so close to Jesus. That won't help you nothing. It doesn't. Does that help you when you're stressing about your finances? Oh, my pastor is close to Jesus. Does help help you when you need a, a loved one healed? My pastor is close to Jesus. No, it doesn't. Each and every one of us needs to grow closer to Jesus ourselves. You are on a journey primarily with Jesus, but in community with us here. And God created this community so that your relationship with Jesus can be bolstered and and enhanced. Not the other way around. God created your relationship with him so that you can work for the church. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. And so what, what I want to encourage each and every one of you is to ask yourself, how well do I know God? Who is he to me? Is he distant? Is he the man upstairs? Or is he my dad? Is he the one that came alongside me? Like the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Do I know the Holy Spirit? What do I know about the Godhead, the triune Godhead? Am I just, you know, do I just know that Jesus saved me and that's it? Or am I actually starting to understand his agenda for my life and his desire? Do I, do I experience his love for me, his interest in me? Do I actually experience that for myself? And all we try to do here at the church is to help you to get to know him better. Really, all the rest flows out of that. The, the more you get to know him for yourself the easier the rest of it becomes because it's a natural outflow of relationship, okay? If, if somebody has to, has to get you to do something, then there's a lack of relationship because when I truly love my wife, she don't have to get me to do stuff. She can just air a desire and my heart is, man, I want to do that for you. How can I do that for you, Right? That's love. That's what God wants from us. He wants first and foremost for us to love Him. Because out of that flows all the works. So how do we go about doing that? Well, we need to establish some things. First off, we need to establish everyone in their faith. Make sure that everybody is certain about this thing called relationship with God because we live in an environment y'all and there is a spiritual strong man or if I will just call it by its real name there is a demon in town that prevents people from having real relationship with Jesus and keeps God distant from people it keeps God in this 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 intangible you know this being, this higher power that I can never truly grasp. I can never truly find out who he is, what he wants. And, 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 and so the best for me to do is just to try and be good as best as I can. And I hope that at the end of the day, it works out for me. Y'all, that's the exact opposite of the spirit of God. Why would he send Jesus to walk among us if he wanted to be distant, unknown, and kind of like vague? He sent Jesus so that we would have an exact representation of who he is, how he thinks, how he operates, how he loves, and what he wants to achieve. And then he did not just let Jesus go back to heaven without replacing him. He replaced him with the Holy Spirit, who is an exact echo of Jesus, but just everywhere at the same time. Sometimes people think of the Holy Spirit as this vague thing. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are alike. So if you want to know how the Holy Spirit operates on earth, just see what Jesus did. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So you can know the Father, the Holy Spirit, by understanding that Jesus was the embodiment of that. He was the representation of that so that we can understand him better. So that we can know him more deeply and intimately. But he's here. If he wasn't here, we could assume that he might want to be unknown. But no, he is here and therefore he wants to be known. So we have to establish our faith that God is here, he's with me, he's living inside of me, he has chosen me, I am righteous, I'm no longer a sinner, even though I do still sin. I am now the righteousness of God, a child of God. I've been accepted by God. I don't have to keep working for my acceptance. We have to establish that fact. And that also comes through establishing foundations of Christianity. Let me just say this, that sometimes you grow up learning um, about something, but you don't really understand it. Laying down the foundations of, of, of our faith is a a process where it brings not just, okay, participation, but it brings understanding in the participation. Why do we do things the way we do it? Why do we want people to be baptized? Why do we want people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered, speaking in tongues? Why do we want people able to pray over other people for healings and miracles? It's all part of a process of understanding what, what God wants to achieve in this world. And so the things we do, like this book, the gold book, um, it's, it's part of our process of, of teaching understanding so that we might have knowledge as well as experience with God. And then we're going to talk about freedom. Part of the promise of the New Testament is that you and I can live free from bondage, live free from fear, live free from oppression, live free from the mistakes of our past, live free from the other people's opinions, the fear of man, live free from debt, live free from financial uncertainty and fear. All of that is a part of the promise of God's presence and interaction in our lives if we will continue to follow in His ways. God's ways produce God's outcomes. So if what you're trusting God for, right, is what he has promised in his word for you, but you don't follow his process to get there, that is a pipe dream. That will not happen. Sometimes we think of this whole idea of, yeah, but the end will justify the means. In other words, I can, I can follow my way, I can do things my way, and if it works out okay, I can go, okay, see, it was actually okay. No, that's not a biblical worldview. For God, the process is just as holy as the product. And if we want to f- find a holy product at the end, we've got to submit ourselves to His holy process. And so going through freedom is a course, a life group course. All of these are life group material that I'm bringing before you because that's how we disciple people. That's how we help people to grow spiritually. Being a part of family, we'll see how important it is to actually commit into a relationship with a group of people that are on a journey to grow and establish the kingdom of God. And then fruitfulness. You know, fruitfulness has many aspects, but one of it is really to understand how to walk with the Holy Spirit in obedience every day. To live the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but also to learn how to be used by the Holy Spirit through the gifts that He empowers believers with to be able to be a blessing to people, a blessing to other people, right? And that's also one of our spiritual gifts, one of our um, life group study guides that we're we're introducing and that people are going to go through more to empower them, to teach them how to obey and live in the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Let me jump into some of our statistics, not statistics, some of our survey results here. And so just for those of you who are research-minded, um, we had a, 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 a population sample of about, I would say, um, seventy. No, 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 sixty-five percent of our um, actual attendance, and so that would be considered um, a statistically valid, you know, um, research sample. That could mean that the results you get from it is probably true for the rest of your group as well. That, that's all that means in, in research terms. Um, which means that we can trust these results as being a true reflection of where we really are at and even though everybody did not fill in the survey which in the future if I ask for a survey to be filled in this is why I'm gonna do this is why I do it it's not so that I can kind of you know go and ride your back on what you haven't done or what you have done it's so that I can help us to understand where we're at and we can do and learn from it together and grow together so beautiful thing of all the 73 responses that we got was that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And 100% of our people... Hey, can you go? Yeah, yeah. 100% of our people said yes to that. That is awesome. And... Now, I do know that we get people that come and start the journey of knowing God before they are saved, before they come to that knowledge of relationship and acceptance of God through Jesus Christ, right? And so... This doesn't mean that everybody that comes to our church is by default saved already. It just means that the people that filled the survey in, okay? So this is the result of the people that filled in the survey. If you're here and you're still checking things out, you're still on a journey of discovering this ama- this God that we call, you know, <laughs> God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You're welcome here and and, and we want you to fill Like free to explore and to ask questions and to, you know, so um, don't in any form or way feel like, oh my goodness, if I am not reflecting this, then I'm not welcome here. Okay, so just you are welcome here. You're on your journey, and the questions you're asking and the things that you're exploring is amazing. And we're just just encouraging you. Keep going, keep going, because God wants you to discover everything about Him so that you might also step into that amazing place of having a relationship with Him. Okay, so, but of the responses... Um, the next slide how many people have been baptized by full immersion and we'll speak more about that but 90 almost 90 percent of our people uh, that filled in the responses said yes they were baptized people that have not been baptized yet or um, maybe 11 percent and um, they're also still just in a process and a journey of spiritual growth and understanding why We need to be baptized as believers and why my parents' decision to um, bring me to a church, to dedicate me to God, is not something that um, reflects my decisions in life, my decision to follow Jesus. And that's why we baptize believers. For us, it's not about age. For us, it's about their stance before God. Have they decided? To follow Christ. And once they've decided to follow Jesus, the next step is to make a public declaration of that through the act of baptism. The next slide is: Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And 76%, 77% of our people said that yes, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people expressed, "Well, we're not sure what this is, we're not sure how this works, and, and I'm going to definitely be taking time this year to just make it crystal clear what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit um, and, and to operate in the spiritual gifts? Right, y'all striking with me. How often do you read your Bible? Now Um, Later on I'm going to give you a complete graph And I took just the ones that are Like the the highest response In other words a yes or a no I just took the yes response If there is a a, a option category Like in this one where it was one to two times Two to four times, five to seven times I just took the five to seven times out And I isolated that Because that's the the most desired response That we would be regularly invested In Bible reading and time with God 41% of our people Are spending daily time with Jesus that is amazing and that is probably a testament to why we are a healthy church if I add two to four times a week to that graph it quickly quickly becomes uh, almost 60% 56 57% matter and um, let me tell you that this is probably one of the biggest growth factors once you start reading the Bible for yourself the Bible will start impacting your life privately It's just how it works. And so often people feel like, man, it's just so daunting. Where do I start? I'm going to give you a starting place. Just start with the book of John. Start with the book of John. And actually just read it. Do I have to read it literally? Not everything, but you literally have to read it. See, when you read it and you don't understand, you can ask a question. But when you never read it, you won't even know which question to ask next. All right? So just get in it. And then be in a life group so that you can ask questions. <laughs> See how that works? How often do you pray? 77% of our people said we pray every single day. We pray at least five to seven times a week. <clears throat> That's amazing. How often do you fast? This was a trick question. Because <laughs> fasting is really slowing down. Okay, uh, We had two to four times a year. That was the... no. So, once a week was the highest like you know expected result <laughs> and we had a small sliver <laughs> of people who fast once a week i commend you because i don't even fast once a week okay but fasting is an incredible practice of slowing down and connecting deeper with god than we get to do on you know just the fast run of life and so regular fasting just amazing but as you can see, we have people that fast. We have people that never have fasted. And this year, we will make sure that before we do our prayer and fast, which is coming next week, Sunday evening, we will be launching our, our seven days of prayer and fasting. Right? And we're going to speak about what is fasting and how do you fast and what's the purpose of it, how to do it right so it's not just a, a food strike. And, um, and then we're going to launch into seven days of just seeking God. How often do you share your beliefs with others? This blessed me intensely. Like once a week, 66% of our people share about their beliefs once a week. Guys, keep doing that. The more you sow the seed, the sooner it will produce a harvest. Sow your seed in the morning, sow it in the evening, because you do not know which one will sprout when. But just stay faithful in sowing those seeds. God never wastes an opportunity. Even if somebody rebukes you, snubs at you, even if somebody is nasty with you, it's okay. Don't be nasty back. Love them back. But keep doing it because that's the way people's hearts start being ready. See, the, 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 the ground, some stony ground, hard ground, because life has treated them hard and they, 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 they're struggling to just receive this new information. But over time, as you continue to love on them and build relationship with them, the soil of their hearts get turned over, get turned over, and all of a sudden, that seed gets a chance to develop into something that they might find hope in. And once hope is ignited in somebody's heart that this might just be true, Man, let me tell you. Then God grabs all of that person's heart and starts affirming them and starts telling them how much He loves them, and they're able to receive it for the first time. Sometimes people just don't think God can love them. Like, why would He love me? That's after they've obviously realized that He's true and He's real. He's a real, uh, a real person. So keep sharing your beliefs with others. How often do you attend church gatherings like Sunday services or life groups? Forty-six um, percent goes more than once per week and so i reckon in life groups in that question that you would go to either another prayer meeting or a or a life group um, as a part of your weekly rhythm your weekly lifestyle of being a, you know a faith a follower of jesus at oversee and if we add once a week in it then wow that that number grows radically over almost 80 percent of our people goes to one of our events every single week and that is incredible why because the fellowship of believers keep us strong you know it keep us it keeps us just honest (laughs) it does are you part of a life group 66 percent of our people said yes uh uh, 34 percent and for those of you who are not in life groups don't worry. I understand that sometimes it's just a practical thing. Sometimes it's a season of life thing. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's just it doesn't work out. Kind of like it's difficult. It's there's a reason. I'm not assuming that there is not there isn't a good reason for you not being in a life group. I'm assuming that there's a good reason. But I also want to say this: sometimes w- lifestyle changes are necessary to follow the process that God prescribes for us, right? And so. And, 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 and if none of this required a lifestyle change, then, then what, really what are we doing here? You get, you get what I'm saying? It's like, if we want God's culture to come to earth, if we want kingdom culture to invade us here, it's going to require lifestyle changes. And so start putting that out as, a, as an understanding at least, and then start asking, okay, how can we make a lifestyle change to accommodate meeting and sharing our lives with more people in our journey with jesus who are our life group leaders and these are not all of our life group leaders so if you're not on here i you cannot take offense okay this is just the responses of the people that took the survey (laughs) So <laughs> they, I know that there are other life group leaders, but here are the life group leaders. So why did I put this slide up? I put it up for the life group leaders so they'll know that some of their people yeah. filled in the the survey. Okay. Now, if you're a life group leader and, you, and 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 you're not on here, it means that none of your people filled out my survey. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with that. I'm just saying that's, that's information. Okay. Um, Have you completed the foundation study? So coming back to our book here to add understanding and understand knowledge. Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You have to invest in the truths of scripture for your faith to grow a matter of fact bible says faith comes by hearing the message about christ and 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 this is how we invest we grow our knowledge about scripture first we read it and we ask for clarification questions if we don't understand what we're reading but second we invest in application this is an application book that shows you how to take that information and apply it to certain topics of life that are necessary for you to understand how to grow and how how to how to walk in faith so i want to encourage you if you have not done the discipleship book i like to call it the foundations book because discipleship is not a book it's a relationship Um, but this book has foundational principles about christianity and we use it for discipleship so hence the name you got to get yourself into that book if you haven't done it have you completed the freedom life group and conference this book here this is a process of of combing through your life to understand which things what are holding you in bondage Some of us are in bondage because of hurts. Some of us are in bondage because of things, you know, unfair injustices that were perpetrated against us. And and, and how do I break free from those things? How do I get victory over my past? This is it. How do I understand how to get victory over my bad decisions? Like I decided to get addicted to stuff, tobacco, nicotine, uh, harder things, whatever. How do I get free? I made some bad decisions and I feel bad about myself and I struggle to forgive myself for what I did wrong How do I get freedom from that guilt? Please if you have not done freedom yet this year There will be a number of freedom groups starting up and when we do our life group launch early early Feb There will be people who identify themselves as hey We're gonna do freedom our life group is gonna do freedom if you want to join our life group come and be a part of the freedom process Have you completed the spiritual gifts study? This is kind of new, so Um, nobody has done this before, okay? So what that reflects there is part of our um, membership process actually takes people through a spiritual gift survey that helps them identify what their spiritual gifts are, okay? Uh, This is secondary to that process that focuses not just on the grace gifts that God gave every human being because he loves us and he you know, wanted to enable us to be productive human beings and so he blessed every one of us inherently with gifts. These, this one focuses on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they're different and they're separate and they also need to be studied. So um, even though this one says that most have have, uh, uh, not done this, some have done this, actually nobody has done this. And so this is something new we're introducing and I would like to encourage you um, to, as a part of your life group, go through this. If you wanna do this as a personal study, you're also welcome, it's always better to do it in a group. So point is join a life group and see what they're doing. Start there and work your way up. If you're gonna start somewhere, start with foundations. Get through freedom. And let's get going on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, the spiritual gift study. That's kind of the process that, that that I would like you to approach it with. Have you submitted a membership application? 73% of people said yes, I've have, I have become an official member. I'll talk more about why membership is an actual importance. Um, it's, about, it's about relationship, and it's about knowing that we're um, going to grow and build together. You see, our Savior's church is a, big, is a blessing in our environment. It's a blessing in our, um, in, our, in, our, in our community. But you know what? Our desire is not to just be a blessing. We want to build something. We want to build something. We want to build something that will last generations. We want to build something that will be a guiding light to this community for generations to come, even long after I am gone. We want to build something and buildings require bricks, living stones that needs to be built in. And so that is why we have a membership process that after you have felt that you belong, after you felt that you belong, you belong before membership, all right? Say this, I belong, all right? There is a place where I say, okay, now I build. I belong here. Let me start building with. And that's why membership. Have you joined a dream team? This is incredible. Let me can can I just this is incredible. This slide here is so rare in the church world. Having More than 80%, like 86% of your church actively serving in some capacity. This is almost a miracle. I want to applaud you all. You know, to have 30% of your church actively serving by any measure is good. We're at almost a 90%, which just shows you the type of church family that this is we're building we're living stones and we've got a plan for this place for the future and we're inviting you to come along and build with us you won't be building alone we're all building we're all building are you joyfully content in the team and capacity that you are serving whoo that's a that's a rough one to to show Thankfully, 80%, eighty-two percent of us are. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was going to show this one either way. <laughs> and, and here's how it would have gone if it was like 20%. I would have been having a lot of meetings in the next <laughs> To do what? To find out why. And so that we could change that. Because in this church, we want you to love doing what you're doing. We want you to love God and therefore love doing what you're doing. And if you don't love what you're doing, it's one of two things. Either you've fallen out of love with God or there is an issue that I need to address. right? And if you've fallen out of love with God, I also want to address that. I also want to come and say, well, what what, what happened? What happened? Did we offend you? Did we do something stupid? Uh, Did we hurt? Did we in any form or way contribute to your uh, uh, struggle with God? Because I know we're a reflection of God, right? Even though... I'm not supposed to be able you know necessarily affect your relationship with God. We do because <laughs> the church is supposed to be the representation of Jesus on earth. I want to fix that. If you're not happy, we'll fix that. It's a guarantee. Okay? We'll work hard at it until we find a place of if, if and 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 for the people here that said no, expect a call. Not to fuss, but to find out why okay and to change things so that it ends up being something that you love yes but I'd like a conversation expect a call no I'd like to have a conversation expect a call have you participated in an OSC mission trip no this is nobody's fault <laughs> our church went through an incredible transition two and a half years ago this church was not started by my wife and I it was started by um, a leader and his wife called Zach and um, uh, Claire McCann and I do know her don't worry if you know me in names you'll understand why I sometimes take a minute to remember a name I do remember names though sometimes I just have to because I know that many people right you know she's like I'm just kidding I'm just yeah. kidding <laughs> uh, look one day one day yeah don't tell her one day I, I, I've been working with a colleague of mine like she was like literally five years we've worked together and uh, I had to introduce her to somebody and I was like uh, what's your name again <laughs> So. Take no offense, but do know that I know you, um, Claire, and I love you. Um, all right, um, we went through an incredible transition. Not because they did anything wrong to transition; God was calling them to move on to something different. But because transitions are hard, they just are. Because my wife and I are not Zach and Claire, we're just not, and we couldn't try to be them because then that would we would not last. And so we had to just be us. And some people liked that and other people fundamentally didn't like that. And and that's hard, but it's true. And it's okay. Because, um, you know, either God was going to move those people to a, a place of health where they could continue to grow well, or God was going to, um, you know, l- teach us how to better relate. Both is possible and both needed to happen. And so hopefully we've learned to relate well. I um, also hope that people, you know, understand that transitions are hard, and and that if there were mistakes made, they were good faith mistakes. They weren't, you know, um, um, just mistakes that are arbitrary or you know unthought, uh, unthoughtful things. And um, and 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 a part of that was that we had to cut back on a couple of things, and this was probably one of the biggest things. My desire was from the get go to just get busy and get on mission, man. I just wanted to go on missions, but we needed to heal the house first Uh, you know the house had a loss it's a loss it's hard to deal with loss Um, this house lost its leaders and then there comes this new guy who's not even American and then he's gonna tell us what to do bye Felicia you know and so I'm trying (laughs) y'all And so I understand that. So we focused on the core things that were to make our church healthy, and that was building relationships and getting our leaders to grow with us. And I believe that that is happening. But, y'all, this year, ooh, time to go, all right? Which leads to the point about making disciples. Know God, live free, make disciples. Make disciples, y'all. There is no clearer call in Scripture for the church than to make disciples. Previously, we would say, you know, we want to make a difference. And we did that very, very well. We made a difference. But if you make a difference, you're not always going to make a disciple. If you make disciples, you always have to make a difference. We're not going to lose making a difference But we're going to be more intentional, more focused on the biblical call to make disciples. And to make disciples starts with building relationships with people that are angry at God, that don't believe in God, and to love them until a place of good conversation that helps them see the evidences for God, see the things that cause obstacles for their faith to be removed to that place where they can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and continue in spiritual growth. It doesn't start here. It starts there. It starts with going. It starts with us loving people outside of these four walls. Not just through our church activities, but through our everyday life interactions. The guy that sits next to you on your desk in the cubicle on the other side. The guy who is in the office across the aisle. The guy who the girl who is, etc., etc. etc. God placed you with those people so that they might see a light. And that's the heart of discipleship. It's about going to reach the lost, going to reach people that have not found Jesus. And so it starts with basic mentorship. It's like loving on people and sharing wisdom, sharing understanding, sharing empathy, sharing sympathy. Um, to a place where somebody is, is, is starting to, you know, draw from you and being able to you know, ask more questions that could help that person gain understanding, help that person, that's the process of mentorship. I can say much more about that, but not for today. Um, and then leading, leading in any form or capacity, first on a one-to-one basis. Right, so in this church, I'm not going to lead every life group. I'm not gonna be at every meeting. I'm not going to be able to Counsel everybody. But we will have people that will spend time, walk, journey, lead, and where resources max out, and that's where you know we step in and we come alongside. But our heart is to empower everybody to make disciples so that everybody can follow this call that is on Christians to walk with God and to make disciples. And so it starts with you just walking with individuals. Then there's greater levels of leadership, which which require um, you to lead groups or teams of people. And then there's the call for those of you who have been leading to start multiplying. And that plays out in building your teams, adding more people to your teams, building uh, um, um, the the people's capacity to carry more, to grow spiritually, um, and to multiply leadership so that we can have more groups that will accommodate more relationships, that will accommodate more journeys with Jesus together. Amen? This kind of segues into um, the part of the the survey that dealt more with leading. Okay. So uh, are you currently leading a dream team? 20% of our people said yes, 70%, 80% said no. And to be honest, there are only that many life dream teams, right? <laughs> so... Um, but here's what's powerful about making that number grow, that blue pie uh, um, 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 segment, pizza slice grow a little bit. It's that we share the load well. Every leader has to have a co-leader. And there might be times when switching roles is healthy and letting another person lead and you co-lead for a season because it's healthy, because rest is good, because Sometimes, listen here, sometimes we make the mistake of making our role our identity. Okay? If there's leadership transitions or shifts that's happening this year, you have to remember that your role is not your identity. Your role is not your value. You are valuable because you're a child of God, a son of God, and you're making disciples, you're living Christian lifestyle, not just because you fulfill a role at church. okay. Enabling that, let's say we can grow that number to 30 or 40 percent, it means that we will always have leaders ready to tag team. And as we grow, we'll grow more ministries. There are yet ministries that we want to start and plant, outreach-related That we don't have leaders for. And that we're hoping people will say. Hey how can I help? How can I help? And through that. Even if you come and help in a familiar area. That person might have an interest in something different. That he wanted to be a part of. And we can launch something new with that person. You see how that works? So never think. Oh all the spots are taken. (laughs) Even if they are. That's irrelevant. We'll make more spots. Because we've got it culture to change. We've got a community to, 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 to change, right? And so there's always more. Have you attended the Making Disciples training? Some of you might not know about this, but this is something that we do um, um, two to three times a year, Where and we'll probably ha- start doing that more regularly, is to help people understand the basics of discipleship. How do I disciple other people? So this is a training course that myself my wife you know us as a leadership run separate from life groups this is a training course and a preparation course if you want to start discipling somebody one-to-one to start leading a life group co-leading a life group next time we run this course sign up for it so that you can be developed and you can be prepared to start that process are you currently discipling someone one-on-one 73 responses said no 26 said, yes, this is probably the one that I would love us to grow the most this year. One-on-one discipleship. Just walking with one individual in a spiritual journey of growth and development. Yeah. Have you led or co led a life group? Are you currently leading a life group? Then you got that. Have you completed the Leadership 215 Basic Theology course? Some people said, we don't even know what that is. Here's why you don't know. It's because I haven't advertised this, okay? But I just put it in here because it's a, it's a, it's a part of what we're building towards, next things that are coming, a part of our ministry training, a part of um, a process of leadership development that we're busy designing. But this is an in-depth practical theology course. It's almost like a Bible school that you do online. And um, there are people that interact online with you. If you're interested in this as a leader, this is a, le- a leader-only um, course that we make available to people that are actively leading. Um, and before they start adding more knowledge, I think it's important that you're living a lifestyle of leadership. Um, otherwise, we run the, the danger of, of, of creating Pharisees who know a lot, but they don't do much, right? We don't want to do that. So let's just quickly have a look at this bar chart. Go, 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 go to that one. You'll see that the top levels are pretty well represented, but everything under 50 will probably be things that we, um, you know, pay attention to this year. Uh, Bible reading, fasting, um, attendance. I think that attendance one you can bump over because that was actually uh, more if you added the once a week attendance one. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, Life group attendance is pretty happy foundation study the freedom study the spiritual gift study all these things that we run through our life groups We'll continue to um, You know just take more and more people through it. That's definitely a growth factor for us that we need to focus on this year Um, and then obviously uh, Coming to the mission side the the leadership side those are a little different because you want to make you want to realize that You know not everybody can lead at the same time somebody sometimes somebody needs to follow right yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, too many chiefs they don't, always <laughs> don't always work, right? Um, but we do value leadership development and preparing people for leadership and handing off leadership because leadership don't define me. It's a role I play out of love and it's a servant role, right? Uh, leading life groups is the one that I might say that I would love to see that grow um, and then, I'll leave it. these are percentages by the way, they're, they're out of a hundred, uh, percentages out of a hundred, they're not number, values. Um, and then you'll see in the bottom there, freedom in stewardship study, Let's me, let me jump into that real quick. You can go to, um <coughs> so I'm just, I'll just put on the slide, the next one there were some key questions and feedback maybe to speed it along because I want to be done by 10. I just like to uh, get, get into the freedom, the stewardship one. Live free was the second part. No God, live free, make disciples. No God, live free, make disciples. I want you to start learning that, okay, and memorizing that. Because that's the journey that we're on. Know God, live free, make disciples. Part of living free is getting your finances in order. Nobody truly lives free until their finances are in order. And so I've been searching and searching and I think that I've come across something amazing. But let me quickly give you feedback about our finances. First, our books are open to all members, official members who'd like to see how we spend our money. You're welcome to request that from our office. Crowley's annual income last year was $247.65. Um, I don't know if that excites you or scares you. Um, it was 20000 a month, more or less, um, <coughs> on average. Only 50% of that goes towards salaries, so you can start making um, your numbers there if you want to on four on staff members. Crowley's giving is 84% online or text to give. And here's another thing you need to know, we tithe of our income. Everybody Not only do we tithe off the church income, every one of our staff members tithe off of our salaries, a full 10% at least. That's the least we give. Um, not by compulsion, but by desire. Um, and we try best to live just off of 80% of all of our income so obviously that leaves our ops budget at about 30% of that so you can start making your your, uh, math equations for what that means for us on a monthly basis. Um, And then there was a little bit extra that came in through our legacy giving. Legacy giving is giving towards mission and campus expansion and somewhere in this year, somewhere in this year hoping for earlier but I, I can't promise when we will be relaunching our complete legacy concept what does it mean to give to the mission and campus expansion of our savior's church and uh, we will we will explain because there's going to be multiple lanes that are interests that people would love to contribute over and above their 10% to if you want to know our stance on tithing go and listen to kingdom finance uh, message on um, on our, on our uh, app, um, it'll tell you how we feel about uh, about those things, um, but we do understand that there is a there is a general call for Christians to support their local churches with ten percent of their income, um, and to over and above, even if there are visionary aspects that we are trying to achieve and build together, that those things will be put before people, uh, you know, sporadically. Um, and part of our legacy is to do that. Uh, big faith goals, that be one for 2023. Uh, our general church growth in all aspects that we discussed. Um, here's something that I'm really trusting God for. Uh, only us venue, an uh, interim venue. I thought the building would erupt. Y'all like the cinema? <laughs> Only us interim venue while we get ready to build. I'm really trusting God for that. Don't clap, it's fine. I, I know that stunned y'all to, to silence. Um, and then I'd like for us to get ready for ground work on our property. Here's something new that I wanna, wanna start. I wanna start a serve gap year for graduates. A lot of question marks. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So I want I want to encourage graduates before they start working to come and be prepared for their futures by serving at the church and learning and being trained through various things of leadership development, practical ministry serving getting involved in in church activities, youth ministry, campus ministry. Also, job and career guidance and personal development things, personal life coaching. And so, it's, it's something that it feels difficult to start that, but I am very, very convinced about this concept. I've seen it. We've run it. We've done it where we came from to great success and effect. It's new to this environment. But like I said before, we got to get used to new, different. Expand our campus ministry team. Um, this is obviously something for a budgetary situation. We need to bolster our ability to reach the youth. Um, that is critical and it's something that I'm trusting God for this year. Church mission trip, of course. You want to go on a mission somewhere 10% fiscal growth on the general budget that's just a ballpark figure um, it's not a real like worked out thing but if we're going to if we're going to get more team people if we're going to expand our mission um, we're going to have to keep on growing financially you know we're really li- really trusting god for that and then we're going to launch our legacy campaign which revolves around our venues our ministries to the yo- to the next generation our our missions um, And and also our facilities, obviously. So with that said, I want to take just a summary thought, if you'll give me five minutes, to talk about seeking God. None of this happens if each of us does not individually seek God. I know that many of you are stepping out in faith with new things. And let me tell you this. That seeking God is the answer to your success. Seeking God and pursuing God. God is seeking, according to 2 Chronicles 16, 9. His eyes search the whole world in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I'm a pioneer. I like starting new things. Let me tell you what. Being close to God is the only thing that helps you pioneer. Now, obviously, you need, you know, to have smart business sense, and you need to, you know, you need to do things right. But there is always hard times during pioneering phases. And if you don't have a conviction that God is with you, it crushes you. But if you're in pursuit of God and his purposes and you've linked your success to his success. You're on the right track. God seeks people who are wholeheartedly committed to his success. Are you committed to God's success this year? Then you will be successful. How do we do that? We need wholehearted commitment to God. Remove anything that is not of God. I invite you to go and read this account in 2 Chronicles 14, but it's about the king Asa. And it says he did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord in, in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 2. And he removed the foreign altars, the pagan shrines, he smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asera poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and his commandments. And Asa removed the pagan shrines as well as the increased uh, incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. During those peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified towns throughout Judah. You want a season of peace, get serious about God's success. Remove the things that are distracting you from being focused on his success primarily. It says in in verse 6, no one tried to make war against him at this time, for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies. A wholehearted commitment to God talks about a reliance on God. It talks about how King Asa was such a well-abled king, yet he chose to rather depend on God for his help in time of uh, adversity than to try and uh, fight with their own resources, their own logic, their own strength. In verse uh, 8 to 13, Asa Asa cried out to the Lord, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, for we trust in you alone. He had a ton of chariots and horses and fighting men, and yet he considered himself dependent on God. No matter how much money you currently have, no matter how much plans or or, or wisdom or, or business acumen you have right now, please don't bet on your own strength. Bet on God. Seek God. The Lord defeated that enemy that came against him, um, and it says that they were destroyed by the Lord and His and Asa's army. The army of Judah carried off a vast amount of plunder. There's so much to be gained from doing this with God. But just to quickly go to say. There came a period in this king's life where he started to wane in his commitment. And he only half-heartedly committed to God. He became reliant on self. He became to seek the help of humans instead of God. And he started rejecting God's voice now seeking others does not mean that we can't have help from people around us but if you do not do that in light of God leading you if you're depending on people rather than depending on God this becomes relevant to what he did here there was a king that wanted to war against him and instead of doing what he had done before going to God and asking God for his help he started making treaties with other kings around him to try and get himself out of the trouble. And unfortunately, this led to God declaring this over him. Because you have trusted you your, your, put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord, you missed your chance to destroy the army that was against you. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians? The previous army that came against you. I would have done that for you. But because you didn't trust me. Here's the sad thing. Because you didn't trust me, from now on, you will be at war. Now, I'm not saying that that is going to happen to you. I'm just saying that if we choose not to trust God and seek Him, we end up facing the consequences of our decisions. But if we keep our reliance on God and seeking Him, and He keeps walking ahead of us, And He keeps straightening up our path. It's a principle that He wants you to understand. So that you won't miss opportunities. You won't miss the strength that He gives you. And you won't have constant having to deal with with consequences. Many of us are dealing with the consequences of our decisions of the past. And we just don't have peace. We have conflict around every order. It's just always a mess. It's just always conflict. It's just always fussing. It's just always... God wants to redeem you out of that. And it starts by you starting to seek his success first and foremost. The Bible says that he became so angry that he stopped trusting in God. He started oppressing his people. And when he fell ill personally, he still didn't turn to God. And he ended up dying prematurely. He could have lived so much longer and reigned so much longer. Dr. Tony Evans says this, past spiritual victory does not guarantee spiritual future success. Committing oneself to God's agenda day to day is what brings in God's desire. So, wholehearted commitment to God. Covenant this year with us to seek God. Covenant with us to seek God. This is what Asa did in the beginning. This is what he did in the beginning we're in the beginning of the year hopefully we can do this like chuck said the whole year not start off with a commitment to seek god and then wane throughout the year but if you'll continue to seek god what you need will be added to you because god wants you to prosper and be empowered to do everything that he has called you to do and the things that you desire to do he's a friendly god he likes it when we like what we do he likes it when we have dreams and desires and things that we venture out with. But don't let that become an idol and you seek that higher and more than you seek Him. Psalm 86 verse 11 and i close with this. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. An undivided heart. I want to ask you this here. Will you seek God with me with an undivided heart? If you will seek God with an undivided heart, he will take care of the things that you are concerned about. Make his business your business. He will make your business his. D.L. Moody said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man we stand if this is something that spoke to you and you want to aim to be that man would you please raise your hand right now i want to be that man that's fully consecrated to him and by god's help let the world see what god can do through us this year we we'll see if we are fully consecrated to god we will see great and incredible things that He's going to do through us and through our people. Father, I just bless this church in Your name. Thank You that You lead and guide us into 2023 as we seek You, as we seek to see and make You known to people around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.